Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see your smiley faces this morning. Uh, We're going to be thinking about that passage that we've just had read in John. I wonder if any of you remember or know this book, Peace at Last. Oh, my goodness. I've read that to my children so many times. They have, uh, yeah, they would be sick of it. Uh, They're a bit old for it now, unfortunately. So uh, no more. It's about a bear family, mummy, daddy, baby bear. And it's bedtime. They all go to bed. Uh, They lie down in bed. uh, And interestingly, mummy bear starts to snore. Um, Doesn't happen in my house. Uh, But mummy bear starts to snore, and daddy bear says, I can't stand this, and wanders off to try and find somewhere quieter to sleep. Goes to baby bear's bedroom. Baby bear is making aeroplane noises with his plane. I can't stand this, says daddy bear. Wanders all round to different areas of the house. I won't spoil it for you. You can read it yourself later. Um, And finally, finally, after trying the garden, the car ends up back in his own bed where mummy bear is quiet. And he lies down in bed and says, peace at last. And just as he nods off, the alarm goes because it's morning. And mummy bear says, did you sleep well, darling? Uh, And he says, no, not really. But she does make him a cup of tea. It's all a bit backwards from how it happens in my house. But anyway, there we go. Um, I'm going to give that to you guys as a little memento of your baptism day. Read it after the Bible, I recommend. It's probably not quite on the same level of importance, but it's a lovely book. So peace at last, I suspect, is the cry of many of our hearts, isn't it? That elusive search for peace in a life that can be really pressured in all sorts of different ways, whether that's stress or loneliness or just when life takes a totally unexpected turn that we had not planned for. And for many of us, peace can be really hard to find, just as it was for Daddy Bear going from room to room. The circumstances of life seem to conspire to rob us of peace. And we're always thinking, well, I just need to get there and then life will be peaceful. I just need the next season. I just need to get married. I just need to have children. It's not going to help your peace, but never mind. Uh, I just need the children to leave home. I just need to retire. Whatever it is, we're always waiting for that season of peace to come. No, sorry, new to this bit. Uh, What could Jesus, 2,000 years ago in the Bible, have to say to us on this? Here we are in Guildford, 2022. Uh, What relevance could the Bible have? We might be surprised to find that the Bible has a lot to say about peace and about being anxious. So let's think about this uh, reading that we had. We need to know, as Nicola reminded us, that Jesus was speaking on the very night before he was going to die. He was going to be crucified the very next day, and he's spending some time with his disciples before he's arrested. They've just had a meal together, and Jesus has warned them that he's going to die. 
That's why he says uh, in verse 25 of that passage, he says, all this I have spoken to you while I am still with you because he's not going to be with them for very much longer. And here's what he says. He says, peace, I leave with you. That was one of the things that he felt was super important to let his disciples know before he left them. So let's take a minute to think about what is this peace that Jesus talks about. Because he says, um, he says, peace I leave with you, I do not give to you as the world gives. So how does Jesus give peace? Well, all the way through the Bible, we are promised peace. Jesus is described in the Old Testament, way before he was born, as the prince of peace. And of course, we'll remember the Christmas story when the angels sing peace on earth because Jesus is being born. And the New Testament tells us that Jesus is our peace. But the peace that Jesus is promising is not a warm, fuzzy, kind of zen feeling when all is well with the world. The kind of peace that Daddy Bear was looking for as he went around the house. That's not what Jesus is talking about. No, the peace that Jesus promises is not a feeling at all, but it resides in a person, in himself, in God. So maybe we could define the peace that Jesus offers us as a confidence and a trust in the character of God. It's not something that comes and goes with circumstances. It's all about a person called Jesus. God created us to be at peace. Think back to the Garden of Eden. And we know this solid, unfragile kind of peace only when we're resting in his wise purposes for our life. Imagine a five-year-old being taken on a trip to Legoland. Perhaps you've, you've taken one. You'll know the joys. So imagine you arrive at the gate um, and, and mom is holding the child's hand. And as he sees this kind of wonderland of rides and ice cream stalls and Lego everywhere, he wriggles free to go exploring by himself. Mum stops him and explains, no, no, this is a big place and you are a little boy and it's not safe for you to be away from me. But he's kind of stubborn and independent and he runs off before mum can grab him to try and find the burger van that they went to last time they came. Rounding the corner where he's expecting to see the burger van, it's not there. So he looks somewhere else and soon He's hopelessly lost, somewhere at the back of beyond of Legoland. And fear starts to bubble up inside him. He looks around. Mum is nowhere to be seen. He's got no idea how to get back to her. Because he's in a place that is just too big for him to navigate on his own. His peace will come only when he gets back to his mother and takes a firm grasp of her hand again. When he's trusting her 
to give him a great day out at Legoland. And it's a bit like that with us, isn't it? The further we move away from God, away from his love for us, away from his wise and kind purposes for us, the more fearful we become and the less peace we experience because we're too small for the position that we take up in this world. We were never meant to do life without God. So if peace isn't a funny, fuzzy, zen feeling, but a confidence and trust in the character of God, what do we learn from this little conversation about God's character? What is it about him that is trustworthy? The first thing we're going to see is that God is close. In verse 28 in this, in this um, passage, Jesus says, You've heard me say, I'm going away to you and I'm coming back. He's going away and he's coming back. He's not leaving them to fend for themselves in the world. Yes, he's going to die, but he's going to rise from the dead. And he knows that. And what's more, he also tells them he's going to send the Holy Spirit. He calls him in verse 26, the counselor. Another word is the advocate. The Holy Spirit uh, will be sent in my name. So after Jesus has returned to his Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit is going to be sent. An advocate, someone who's going to support, someone who's going to have their back, put forward their case, someone who's really close in a difficult time. That's what an advocate does. And if we are followers of Jesus, we have that same Holy Spirit living within us. Jesus has promised us that. So we have the very presence of God residing in our lives day by day, hour by hour. You can't really get a God who is closer than that, can you? I wonder if you've experienced that closeness of God in a difficult time of your life. As the disciples were going to the very next day, face a really difficult time. It's a common thing that I hear from friends who are followers of Jesus, that in the most difficult of circumstances, Jesus' presence and peace are more tangible than ever. I have a friend called Bryony who had a, a baby. And when the baby was in the womb, it was diagnosed with, a, with a, um, something wrong with it that meant it was never going to be able to survive outside of the womb. So Bryony carried this baby for nine months, knowing that that was going to happen. And of course she was, um, she was upset. She was really devastated by that news. But what she says about the day that Felix was born and the day that he died, the same day, about an hour after he was born, was that it was the most uh, extraordinary day of her life in that she knew the incredible presence of God with her and an extraordinary peace that totally you would never have predicted would have been there in such a situation. 
I know for myself as well that at times when I've been in really difficult situations, really fearful about what might be coming down the road, I've known God in a tangible way, bringing peace into my life. It's an incredible thing to experience in the depths of despair. God is close. He's not aloof. He's not watching us from a distance. By his Holy Spirit, he's present with us. So that's the first thing. The next thing is that God is powerful. Jesus is about to die, but he knows how the story ends. He knows he's going to rise from the dead. He's going to prove his power over death and sin once and for all. In verse 30, he says, uh, The prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me. So what he's talking about there is that even the power of evil is not going to be able to keep Jesus in the grave. He's going to rise from the dead. It's totally impossible unless he's God. And Jesus says to his friends, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He knows that fear is going to be the natural response for them when they see him being arrested and crucified. They were hoping that he was going to lead a revolution that was going to overthrow the Roman Empire who occupied his, their country. That's what they were hoping And the next day, when they see Jesus hanging on a cross, their hopes are going to be totally dashed. And I'm guessing they're going to think that the previous three years of their lives have been totally wasted. So Jesus' power doesn't shield his disciples from the pain they're going to face. And nor does it mean that we will have a pain-free life. But knowing that God is powerful means that we can have a deep-rooted peace, even in the difficulties. So God is close. God is powerful. And thirdly, we see that God is kind. Oh, yeah, I've got to point it up there. There we go. Um, Jesus is preparing his disciples for what's about to happen. He doesn't want them to be bewildered and devastated and confused. He cares about them. He's gentle with them. And the disciples are about to witness the ultimate in God's kindness. When Jesus chooses to give his life for them and for us. Notice Jesus says, peace I leave with you. He's talking about dying, and the peace he is leaving is his legacy. And as with any legacy, it's only available when the person dies. Jesus' peace is only available because of his death. It was God's incredible kindness that led him to die in our place to bear the suffering that we deserved because we've wandered away from him like that child at Legoland. We've wandered to the back of beyond, but he has fully paid the debt that we owe so that we could come back to him and take hold of his hand again. What have I really to be fearful of? 
if my hand is securely in his. He's kind, he's made a way for me to come back to God, however far away I've wandered. So, peace is a confidence and a trust in the character of God. And we've been reminded that God is close, God is powerful, and God is kind. And the antidote to worry, to fear, to anxiety, in other words, the route to peace, is to place ourselves firmly in the middle of that triangle. To fix our eyes on the character of God, who is our peace. Well, how do we do that? What might that look like in my life? Well, until we recognize that peace is only available because of Jesus' death, we'll never be able to access the peace until we've recognized that. There is no other way. So if you've never done so before, and you want to know this firm and solid peace that doesn't shake, doesn't come and go with circumstances, the first thing to do is to say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I recognize I have wandered away from you. I'm lost. I've let go of your hand. I put my confidence and trust in your character. If you've never done that before, I'd encourage you to do that today. Just say it to God in the quietness of your heart. He hears you. He welcomes you back. He's waiting to take hold of your hand again. If you want to know more about what that might mean, there's some of these little books at the back of the church, just on the way out on the table there. Just grab one. It's called Why Jesus. Just tells you a little bit more about how to um, come back to God and to, um, to know that peace. So do just take one of those, they're free. Many of us will have already done that. Um, some of us a long, long time ago. But for some of us, we just need to be reminded that Jesus is our peace. And we need to choose to speak to our hearts. I don't know if you noticed in Psalm 42 that was read to us. The psalmist speaks to himself. He says, my, uh, my, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Why are you not at peace, in other words? And then he says to himself, put your hope in God. He's speaking to his heart. I think we spend far too much time listening to our hearts. Our hearts have a constant stream of nonsense a lot of the time. What ifs and maybes and lies about ourselves and others. And we forget to stop listening to that and start speaking to our hearts. Remind ourselves that God is powerful and close and kind. So we can tell our hearts to be still, to be confident, to be at peace. For me, when I'm stressed, I try and start the day just sitting with God and reminding myself of who he is, 
what he's done for me, that he's powerful, he's close, he's kind. And if I have time, I will stay there until my heart is at peace and I'm reminded that I'm holding his hand and I have got nothing to fear. I'm going to finish by just asking you, if you'd like to, just close your eyes and imagine yourself at the center of that triangle, the center of God's presence, remembering that God is close, God is powerful, and God is kind. I'm going to give you just a moment of quiet to do that. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen.